Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Okay, you all, it's my birthday weekend. When you hear this, it'll be past my birthday, but it's my birthday weekend. Happy 50th birthday to me. I'm so, so excited. And just before I hit record, the doorbell rang. And I got the most amazing, beautiful bouquet of flowers. Thank you. Thank you so much. These are from two fabulous clients of mine who sent it to me. And what a delightful way, because I'm going to talk today about stop waiting for someday. Before we get started, though, I want to do a shout out to Michelle. She's a listener. And she sent an email to me last week regarding after the Sunday love email that comes out on Sundays. If you're not signed up, go signed up. You get them every Sunday. And the email was about stop hiding. And she said, hi, Corinne. I really needed to hear this today. Thank you so much for your unswerving dedication to these Sunday love emails, along with the podcast. Unbeknownst to you, you've shown up for me on so many occasions. I'm so grateful. Warm regards, Michelle. Michelle, Shout out to you. Thank you so much for emailing us back. And we read all the emails. So if you're signed up for Sunday Nut Loves, you hit reply back and we get your emails and we read them all. So I want to do a shout out because she sent us that email, I think on Monday and on Friday when I recorded a podcast for you all, I was talking about that. Like we never know the impact that we're making. So one is that show up and do your thing and you don't know the ripple effects that may happen in your life, right? Or that you may help create. I didn't know that I helped Michelle, but this podcast, the Sunday Love Letters Helper. So I want to talk about stop waiting for someday. And I'm going to first swirl around because yes, it is my 50th birthday weekend, not having a big old party. (laughs) In fact, I have the house to myself for three days. I was a little like, "Uh oh, what am I going to do? And in that white space, that vulnerability, and then all the cultural programming of it should be this big old bash. Didn't really want to have a big old bash. Was supposed to have a soul meet myself, but that one's getting rescheduled. So in this white space, and here's the other factor, is that I live in a college town. I live in a university town. My birthday falls on the same weekend as graduation, not only for the university, which has, I think, like 30,000 students, but also for our high schools in town. So going out to eat is never a pleasurable thing (laughs) on this weekend. In some years, I get the delightful experience of having my birthday around Father's Day as well. So it becomes this whole mess. I've been really practicing over the years of not taking up space around my birthday because of all these circumstances. But as we know, I'm changing that, right? I'm here talking about my 50th birthday. I got flowers from clients, right? I've gotten cards. My One of my really good friends, she sent me a card and I'm so excited because she's my Montana girlfriend that I've gone and spent many, many summers with. We're college teammates together and she's come out and we're going to go and spend the day together tomorrow. So I'm so, so excited about that. My kids are really excited to see her too. They love her. So the 50th birthday 
it actually aligns with stop waiting for someday, right? Because so often we go, oh, I can do this later. I can do this later. Or I can, you know, I'll do this at some point. And there is some cultural programming around 50 being a significant milestone in our lives, right? It's, I don't, I don't think it's halfway for me, but it's significant. And this birthday has gotten me thinking a lot. And remember, I've mentioned that on other podcasts that for a long time, I mean, for many, many decades, really the last time I really celebrated my birthday was when I was 21 and we went to Chevy's. So some of you guys, you're thinking of a different 21 year old birthday party. That was not mine. Mine was at Chevy's with a whole bunch of friends and college friends and was a great old time. But that's like the last time. And then whatever I did, maybe growing up as a kid or maybe in high school and that along with becoming a woman who takes extraordinary care of herself, as well as this practice that I've developed and cultivated over the last 10 years of reflection and creating internal awareness. And let me just let you know, this is kind of a behind the scenes thing. I don't have like the mastery of internal self-awareness. It's not like I'm in this promised land, right? Like I'm developing it. I'm always astonished at how much more I can see. And not every day can I always see clearly, but I'm astonished at how much more I can see. But it's not like there's an arrival of like, ooh, I'm now here and I can see and I have invisible lenses. I see clearly and I think a lot and I reflect a lot. It doesn't mean that I don't have falling down moments or the ability to not make mistakes or that I see it even in the moment. Sometimes I don't see it until I'm in reflecting. But because of turning 50, you know, the cultural programming around what is 50 supposed to be, and it's supposed to be this big old bash, me becoming a woman who takes extraordinary care of herself, my own practice of reflection and internal self-awareness, I've continued to think about and unpack what do I really, really, really want for my 50th? And I shared with you all a month ago that I realized that I didn't want a big old party. Still don't want one, still not regretting it. So here's what I've decided so far. I'm becoming a woman who takes extraordinary care of herself and I'm learning what that means. And it's so fascinating because when I've been sharing that and that's my declaration of who I am and who I'm becoming, people have been really intrigued by that. Some of you may go, oh, well, that's great. She can just, you know, it's a, it's a lot of money thing. It can be, but it doesn't have to be, right? That's not what it was about for me. So that's one of the things I've decided. The other thing, and this one does cost money, is I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> I've booked my trip. The days are locked. Flights are done. And I'm going to Mexico and I'm going to drink my blue drinks. I don't even know if they're blue drinks. That's actually one of my husband's best friends. He's always like, and when they do their guide trips, he's like, why can't we go to a beach and blue drinks? And I just saw him the other day for lunch. And I said, Clifford, I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to be drinking my blue drinks. And he was like, how can I get in your friend group? But that is what I'm doing. So that's why I call it blue drinks, not because I drink blue drinks, but I'm going to Mexico. And it's so funny because a couple weeks ago I was with my girlfriend and we were going for a walk and she's going to be an empty nester. And our daughters are the same age. They're born on the exact same day at 22 years old, but her youngest son is graduating today and she's going to be an empty nester next year. And we were talking about traveling and this new chapter in our lives and we're going to have all the space. And I said, Hey, I want to go to Mexico. And she's like, Oh, 
So do I. And then she goes, I want to go to Mexico City. And I'm like, hmm, it's not the ocean. It's not the beach. That's a lot of people. I was only at Mexico City Airport, so I don't really know what Mexico City's like. I'm like, hmm, I want the beach. I don't want a lot of people. Our Venn diagrams didn't work. I was like, actually, I just want to sit and do nothing and drink blue drinks. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. So we will not be going to Mexico together because our Venn diagrams don't work. They don't align. Maybe we can find something else, but I really want to just sit and read and drink my drinks and eat delicious food and be totally taken care of and just rest and not work. So Mexico, here I come. The other thing I've decided, and these are all things that have just, it takes a while to massage it out and to get like clear about what it is that I want. And I gave myself permission to take off three and a half weeks from work. And I had to look at all of my agreements with my clients and where everybody is. And is this something that was realistic? And actually I can do it. I'm going to take off three and a half weeks from work. I'm going to do it from both jobs, right? Because there's my coaching business that I do. And then there's this Aquamonster swim team and where I'm taking off time. And this is the first time that I've ever taken off that much time. And part of it is I have two different jobs, two different, you know, organizations, businesses that I run. And there's a swirl of my life, right? So I can do my job on the road. I swirl into it. Like sometimes some of my travel has been around work. And so I can integrate it. And this time I want it separate. I'm going on a trip with my family. We're going to do this great trip on the East Coast. And then my husband and I are going to Mexico. So that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to disconnect. And I even starting to play with, I may delete social media from my cell phone. Technically only have one social media thing on my cell phone, but I may delete that all and just read and spend time and maybe do nothing. So what I need now is time where I don't have anything on the schedule, time to connect with my family, give myself and them full focus, no pools, no emails, no social media. And here's the other thing. And I thought about this some more is with my clients, I'm more constantly working on boundaries and getting clear about what are the boundaries that they need to support them so that they can do good work so that they can have the connection and the meaningful connection in their personal lives or their professional lives. And one of the things that I have seen consistently is we're all damn tired people. <laughs> we are all tired. It has been a hard couple of years. And a lot of us have been supporting a lot of people. And my clients have been wanting to take time off, but the demands of work and how do they do that? And I have some clients right now that are on vacations and hopefully they're doing what they had set out to intend to do of not doing any work while they're gone, right? So that they can take care of themselves so they can come back and not blow up. So the thing about when, as I thought about this some more is because I thought about, well, maybe there'll be a few days in there that I'll work. And I thought, you know what? It's actually really important that I take this time off because this is what I internally need. I'm also really tired too. I'll come back so much more refreshed for all the people that I serve and lead, as well as for the people that I love and my friends as well. And it's also important for me to be in integrity 
right? I really believe it's important to have downtime. This work, 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 work that I have done for decades is no longer working, (laughs) right? It's not the best thing. So those are the things that I'm unveiling. And I'm sure over this next year, I'm going to be talking a lot about being 50 and what it is that I'm giving myself for my 50th. So maybe you're tired of this. Maybe it opens up windows of possibility of what you can take, or maybe it opens up another window for you of what you want to do to take a care of yourself and be a person who takes extraordinary care of yourself and how you want to create connection for yourself. So the stop waiting for someday is really sometimes it can be about the small things, right? Like, so I was talking about like the 50th birthday, but it can be about the small things. Have you ever gotten like special shampoos or lotions and you're like, ooh, or bath soaps and you're like, ooh, these are so special. I need to use them for a special, special occasion. (laughs) And then you find them 10 years later in a box, maybe spilled and you never used it. (laughs) Or maybe it's trips you want to take. Like one day, someday I'll go do that right? It's been so interesting because just this week I've had two friends, I think two friends that have been on the Amalfi Coast and Positino and Capri. And it's been so fun to watch them. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I was there three years ago and I'm going to be going back again this fall. So I'm really excited. I remember before I went there, it was like, well, someday I'll go someday. And one day I made a decision and I said, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I want to do right? And when we make those decisions, it's amazing how things can come together. So maybe it's a trip you want to take and they can be simple trips. They can be elaborate trips. It's about what works for you. As I was putting the show together, I thought about those gift cards. Do you save gift cards? (laughs) I do. And I keep having to remember, Corinne, spend the gift cards, (laughs) spend the gift cards. If there is inflation going on, spend the gift cards. As I was putting on the show today, putting it together, writing about it, I realized, oh my gosh, before COVID, we got a gift card for one of my husband's swimmers. And I think it's to this, it's a really fancy restaurant. I think it's called The Kitchen, but maybe I'm wrong. And I went, oh, I need to find that gift card because I had actually was going to use it before COVID, but it's really hard to get into. And so I couldn't book the appointment and then COVID happened and here we are now. So this is, this has been going on since what, 2019? So what are the things that you're waiting for someday that you could use now? Gift cards are something that it's something you already have access to. It's not going to cost you money because I can hear some of you going, well, Corinne, that's fine and dandy, but you have more privilege than me, right? What do you have in your own life right now that you're holding off, not using? I think about those lotions. Maybe it's, maybe it's an outfit that you have and you're waiting for someday. Maybe it's a purse that you've already bought. What do you have in your own life that's in your home that you aren't using because you're waiting for someday? Maybe it's perfume, maybe it's earrings. There's something that you have. Take a look. I'm not saying that you have to go consume or buy. And then the other thing that becomes really important is that not everything that you are waiting to do has to be done, right? Maybe you don't have the budget to go to Europe, right? My family doesn't have the passports to go to Europe, so we're going to the East coast. (laughs) I have passports. That's why I'm going to Mexico, but there are some of us that don't have passports. So we couldn't leave the country because otherwise we would have gone down under this year. So 
not everything needs to be done. We all have constraints about what we can and can't do, what we may have the financial means to do, what we may not have the financial means to do, or what we may have the passport means to leave the country and those who don't have the passport means to leave the country. So stop waiting for someday does not mean that everything needs to be done. And then notice when there's something that you're desiring of what you want to do, what's coming up for you, right? I used to have these part of like growing up, there were these messages of don't be a glutton or, you know, don't be spoiled or don't be too much, right? You don't want to be bad. And so like, oh, if I want this, is that being too much? But if it fits within my values, if it's something that doesn't hurt my family, it's something we can afford to do. Those are choices that we have, right? So that's one is, is that instead of judging what it means to other people, look at does this work in your life with your given constraints? Everybody has different constraints. And if you tell yourself the magical thinking, I just want to make enough money so that money isn't an issue that there's, I never have to give it a second thought. Here's the thing. Cause I have clients that in every income category, and I have clients that make crazy, crazy money, money, right? And there's always opportunities to find ways to spend your money. And there's always opportunities. Once you climb into another income category, you see other things that are happening. You're like, oh, that one's more than I feel comfortable spending, or I don't have that kind of money for the vacation or the car or whatever. Right. So there's always going to be that trigger feeling of not enough scarcity. I don't have enough money. It's not, I'm not enough. So let's get out of the magical thinking of once I have more money, there's a certain level that we do need. And I used to think it was bullshit, but it's really true. Once you get to a certain level of income where you can provide for yourself or your family, having more money doesn't actually lead to more happiness. All right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was in this constraint of, you know, not everything needs to be done is this idea that where do you choose to stop waiting for someday. And the best metaphor I have for this is, gosh, I guess it was 21 years ago, we were remodeling our house and we're doubling the size. And I was very adamant that I wanted lots of closet space, which are all filled now. And I wanted lots of things to be kind of like top of the line because I thought it had to be. And one of my girlfriends taught me that she's got great taste and she had built this amazing house. And she said, learn where to spend the money on what's really important to you and when not to spend money on that's on not important to you. So for instance, at the time I knew I had this big old kitchen and kitchen Island, and that was really, really important to me. We had seven seats. We we're going to have a dining room table of 10 seats. We had teams that would come. We like to have big things. So I needed a lots of places for people to sit. So I wanted to have a really nice countertop and I did not want grout. Like grout was a huge thing of mine. So that was an area where I spent money on, but I didn't have to spend that kind of money in my laundry room on those counters. So being really deliberative, where do I spend money on things that are really expensive and also important to me? And where are the areas that it just doesn't matter and getting clear about that, right? Not everything has to be top of the line. And that has been a great metaphor for me throughout life is where am I spending money where I get the value of what I want 
And where do I spend money where I don't get that value? So my example for this is I don't like to spend money on paper bags. It's 10 cents. I can afford it. I don't like to spend money on it. That is not something that I like to do. And I have been known to, it's totally silly. Sometimes my brain is an interesting place to be. Often my brain is an interesting place to be, but there've been times where I have put all the stuff into my car because I refuse to pay the 10 cents. I've relaxed a little bit. I was so adamant that I wasn't going to spend 10 cents on paper bags because they did not bring me value. So spend money on the things that bring you value. Be ferocious with not spending money on the things that don't bring you value. And when you do that, apply that to what are you waiting for someday? And what can you apply? What are the things that you're really, really, your heart desires that you have the resources for that aren't going to hurt you or your family that you want to spend time on? And maybe it's putting on lotion every day right? Like instead of waiting for someday, I kept thinking like my legs shouldn't be so dry, but they were. So there was something I had to do about them. Okay. And when we talk about stop waiting for someday, it's not about proving like, oh, look at me, I can spend this money or I can spend this time. It's about what is it that you really desire or that you want to do, right? Again, if it's those lotions or those soaps or whatever, those special things. And actually, now that I think about it, I have some soaps from Positano that was given to me as a gift. So I'm going to be pulling that stuff out and using them. They smell like lemons. What a great opportunity to use it. It's summertime. I love the smell of lemons, right? That was something that I put aside. I was waiting for someday. That is something that I already have. It doesn't cost me time. It doesn't cost me, well, it costs me time to go and pull it out because I'm not, I have a couple places where I think it is, but I get to use it. And then I create space and wherever it is, I'm storing them. I did a podcast some time ago about moccasins and I was a poor kid and I was 10 years old and I really, really wanted moccasins because they were the brand to have. They were the thing to have. And we didn't have the money to go and buy moccasins. But we went, I remember we were at Kmart and I begged my mom and she relented and bought me the fake moccasins. And I thought, nobody will know that they're fake. They look like moccasins, to, at least to my eye. And I wore them. And I remember I was so anxious every day at practice because we we're changing in the locker room. And I was so worried about somebody seeing the inside tag because naively I thought that that's the only way to know if it was a real moccasin or not. And one day when my foot came out, and the queen bee of our group, our friend group and teammates, she looked at me and mocked and laughed at me and said, those aren't real moccasins and the incredible shame that I felt. So I'm not talking about proving and spending some money on something that you can't afford, right? To try to fit in. Because one of the things that I've learned is when my kids were in high school and I wasn't willing to buy them Ugg boots, like real Ugg boots, And there wasn't any shame around it because we had the money to buy them. I just wasn't willing to spend $200 on boots on kids with growing feet. And it was so easy for me to buy them the fake egg boots. So it is a lot easier to stick with your values when you have the resources. It's harder when we don't because we may think that we have to hustle for our approval. So As I talk about stop waiting for someday, these aren't about external, like what do other people want? This is about what do you want, 
right? Stop waiting for someday in your life. But what is it that you want? What does your own awareness say that you want? So for years, I told myself I wanted to take time off, right? And I even had jobs technically, like when I was at the college, my contract was 164 days a year, right? So that was a lot of days off. I had huge potential breaks, (laughs) but I always worked. I worked because, you know, I had the story of, well, if I'm a really good coach, I have teams I need to prepare or I work to make extra money because at that time in my life, that was really important. So I would teach summer school or I would work in the inner session to make extra money, you know, or as building my business, you know, I had clients to serve or the aqua monsters. So there's always been something or someone else. And here's the thing. Now that I'm turning 50, I'm no longer waiting for someday and I'm making sure to another level that I'm taking time for me. This isn't a light switch. This isn't some new thing. I have been stepping my way towards this over the last 10 years. I've been building the muscles, the awareness, the courage to be able to do this and take up space. So it's not a new thing. It's not like one day I said, oh, I'm going to do this. And I turned on the light switch and this is what I do. I have been practicing this for the last 10 years. And I feel like I can swim. And I guess my metaphor for this would be, it's like when kids come to practice, they come to practice and they're trying and they're trying, and then they can finally execute. It took me what, I don't know, to be able to release from the tuner butterfly. I was 18 years old. So it took me 10 years <laughs> to be able to swim the tuner butterfly. So I guess I'm kind of like aligned in my path, right? It takes me 10 years to become a woman who takes extraordinary care of herself. It took me 10 years to be able to swim the tuner butterfly in the zone. So I just keep practicing. I keep showing up. I keep honoring my commitment. I keep, you know, try to be consistent and I fall down and I screw it all up and I keep coming back. And that's just what I've been doing for a really long time. So here's the thing, my friend, big or small, stop waiting for someday. It's not about the money and never discount the small things because they can truly add up to big things. And it's also not about spending lots of money, right? My example of putting on lotion daily is an example of me being a woman who takes extraordinary care of herself. It's about me giving myself five to 10 minutes to hydrate my skin. It's not about spending a lot of money. We can tell ourselves the obstacle of, oh, I don't have the money to spend on myself. A lot of my examples, they weren't even about buying new things or consuming stuff outside of your home. It was take a look at what you already have and may have put aside because you're waiting for someday. And my invitation for you is why not today? All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Karen, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway 
so you can incorporate this into your life. Because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.